are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, we read a verse of scripture that says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Let me read that again. Daniel 12 and verse 3, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Now the sun is in the firmament, and the stars, and the moon, the planets. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. There is a song that sometimes it used to be sung, sometimes it's sung now, but not nearly so much as years ago. Will there be any stars in my crown? No. No, there won't be any stars in your crown. Christians can earn crowns, but those crowns are rewards for faithful stewardship. And we who win souls Now Solomon tells us, he that wins souls is wise, in the book of Proverbs, he that winneth souls is wise, and the wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. No, we won't have stars in our crowns. It's better than that. We will shine as stars in the heavens. We will be displayed in the heavens, in the pearly white city, to show forth the exceeding riches of the grace of God. Now, in Second John, John declares, Be careful, be alert, and watch those things which we have wrought, lest we lose our reward and receive a partial reward, not a full reward. Now listen, I want some trophies to lay at his feet when we crown him Lord of all. Thus I speak to you today from the depths of my soul and the bottom of my heart on winning souls, stewardship, the thing that will bring glory and praise and honor to the Lord Jesus who gave his blood that we might have life. Now I want to read another verse, and this is the verse we're going to use primarily today. James 5.20, the last verse in the book of James. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. Now, does that mean that we can save souls? No, it doesn't. It certainly does not. To convert is to cause one to change their mind. Now, Jesus said to Peter, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. He didn't say when you're saved. There is a difference in conversion and redemption or salvation or the new birth. You can be converted after you're born again. Now, just a minute. Some of you I know will not accept what I've said unless I go a little bit further and explain what I mean. You look the word up convert in your dictionary, and then you look up the word redemption. Redemption. Now, we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and only by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But, I can be converted about habits. For instance, 
For instance, suppose I was practicing a habit, I won't name anything, lest somebody think I'm guilty of practicing some habit that if I named it, but I'm not going to name it. Now, just anything, just anything, let me suggest drinking or playing cards or uh, some other thing, going to movies or something else. Suppose I was doing that, and suppose I had never heard a sermon on the subject of clean, consecrated, sanctified living. And suppose some minister read to me, Love not the world, you things in the world, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, come ye out from among them, and he preached a sermon. And I was convinced in my heart that these things were wrong. And I changed my mind about them, and I ceased to practice them. That minister converted me through the message and caused me to change my mind. Now, uh, being saved is more than changing your mind. Being saved is the miracle of the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, a man can be converted from liquor and not be saved. Wait a minute. A man can change his mind about liquor and stop drinking and cease to be a drunk and yet not be a child of God. To change your mind about drinking or to change your mind about gambling or to change your mind about cursing and be converted from those things doesn't necessarily mean you're saved. But if you're washed in the blood, if you're covered by the blood, you're saved. Now here's what James is saying. Let him know that he which converteth thee sinner from the error of his way. Now what can we do to convert a sinner? What can we do to get a sinner to realize that to be a sinner is death, to be a sinner is wrong, to serve sin is not right? What can we do to convert a sinner and to cause that sinner to change his mind about practicing sin? What can we do? Well, in the preceding verses, we are reminded that Elijah was a man of subject, uh, a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly, and it didn't rain for three years, and then he prayed again, and the earth was watered. Now, he said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, that's James 5, 16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I say that one of the greatest needs in the church today is intercessors to God. You know, we've... Uh, we brag about being a New Testament church and following the New Testament pattern. But did you know, if you read the New Testament pattern, in the church there were ministers, teachers, evangelists, exhorters, and intercessors. Now today, and I say this tenderly and I say it in love, young people think they're not in full-time service unless they go to the mission field or they pastor a church or they are an evangelist or a radio preacher. They think they're not in full-time service. A full-time intercessor called of God to intercede to God in prayer is of more value to the church, God bless you, than any other person in there except a spirit-filled pastor. Now, I'm saying that to say this. Not many sinners will really get under conviction until the saints pray them under conviction. Pray for them. My sister prayed for me for many, many, many years, earnestly, interceded to God in my behalf before I was convicted that I should change my way of living by coming to God Almighty. 
Now, the, the most effective way that we can cause sinners to be converted is to pray for them. Pray, 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 and keep on praying. Don't give up. I tell you, we, we are so weak today. We pray for a person a week or two weeks or a month or a year, then we say there's no use. Bless your heart, some of the old-time saints prayed for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, in other words, my sister prayed uh, 12, 10 or 12 or 13 years every night, every day. And when she was at home and wasn't away in school studying, she'd come to my bed, bow down by my bed, and beg God to save her poor ungodly brother. She prayed 10, 12, 13 years for, for me that God would save me. And today, and of course, some of you folks right now, listen to me, uh, some of your loved ones, some of your friends, your mother, your grandmother, they prayed for you until they died, and they never saw your conversion, but you've been saved since. And I'll tell you now, the interceding of that saint to God, the prayers, the prayers that they stacked up at the altar were not forgotten by Almighty God. We need to pray for the sinners. We need to pray one for another. Certainly we do. We need to pray for the saints. Sure we do. But we need to pray that God will convict sinners. Then we need to pray that God will send forth laborers, not pastors, not evangelists, not missionaries, laborers, spiritual ditch diggers. Listen to me. Look at me now. You can't see me, but you look my way and you listen. You listen now. You know, it doesn't take much grace and it doesn't take much courage to be the pastor of a big flourishing church. Are you listening? It doesn't take much grace and it doesn't take much courage to be the director of a great radio program and preach to the world. To sit at a microphone and know that you're speaking to all the states and some of the islands and some of the men today speak to every square foot of the universe. It doesn't take much grace to do that. It doesn't take much courage. Doesn't take much grace or courage to be a big preacher, a big evangelist, and a big missionary. But let me tell you something. It takes an awful lot of grace to go down on Skid Row, the street of forgotten men and women, and get down with those poor dopers and drunks and give them tracts and talk to them, reason with them, and uh, take one of them home with you and give them a good bed, then give them a good warm breakfast and talk to them about Jesus. It takes a lot of grace to knock on doors when you know people are going to laugh at you, slam the door in your face, curse you, and sick the dog on you takes grace. Laborers, 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 laborers. We ought to pray. We need to pray that God will send out laborers, people to give out tracts on the streets, in the homes, in the villages, in the shops, in the marketplaces. People who will witness and testify where other men dare not go. It takes grace. We need to pray for the sinner, then pray that God will send forth laborers then we as individuals need to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be what you want me to be. If it's a street preacher, if you want me to pass out tracts, if you want me just to go down in the pasture or the woods or the hills or the hollows and spend a day and a night in prayer, I'll fast, I'll pray, I'll intercede, I'll be what you want to be. Now, let him know he that converteth a sinner from theirs way shall save a soul from death. Save a soul from death. Isn't that wonderful? You know, it's marvelous that God Almighty has so ordained and planned redemption that he allows us to play a part in saving souls. We can't save them. 
No, no, we can't save them. Let me, let me illustrate. Are you listening? Suppose, uh, suppose a child falls into a 50-foot well, and it's happened. And suppose the community is alarmed and the people rush to the well. And then one man says, get a rope, get a rope, get a rope. And that man says, tie that rope around my body and lower me into the well. And 10 or 15 or 20 great big husky men lower that man on the rope to the bottom of the well. He picks up that child, he pulls it to his bosom, he kisses away the tears, and they pull him out. And the newspaper displays a picture of the man holding the child and says, this is the man that brought the little child from the bottom of the well. But what about the 15 men that held the rope? What about those stout muscles that pull that man with the child from the bottom of the well? Let me tell you something, beloved. God only knows how many people played a part in your salvation. If you were saved in my meeting somewhere, if you were saved through the gospel hour, suppose, and I know I am, I'm speaking to people who were saved through the gospel hour. I preached on the radio, and you fell down in your home on your knees, and you gave your heart to Jesus, and you're saved today. And you say, Brother Green led me to the Lord. He is my spiritual father. He's the man that got me saved. Now, wait a minute. I appreciate that. And I thank God for the privilege of helping win souls. But my friend, if you were saved through the gospel hour, during the last 25 years, we've spent millions of dollars, 25 years of preaching on the radio, we have spent millions of dollars for radio time. Millions of people have sent in dollars to pay for this time. If those people had not purchased this time, Oliver Green would not have had the opportunity to preach the gospel to you, the gospel that brought you to Jesus. You know, we Christians, God pity us. God have mercy on us. God have mercy on us. Us. We waste so much time. We waste so much money. We waste our talents when we could be using them to rescue souls from death. Some of you precious people out there in Radio Land, you've often sighed and you've said, I wish I could be a soul winner. You can. You can. When you give your money to the Gospel Hour or any other good gospel program, the soul saved through that program, you're helping to save them. You. You're playing a part in it. If it were not for my supporters, I wouldn't be on this station. It doesn't make any difference how much gospel I preach if it's not heard. It certainly doesn't do any good. You make it possible for me to throw out the lifeline and to win souls. Isn't it wonderful that God has permitted us to have a part and play a part in saving souls? We can't save them, but we can lower the rope. We can throw out the lifeline. We can lift up the blood-stained banner. We can light a candle and lift it high. We can keep the lower lights burning. If we can't be a, a beacon, we can stand on the shore of the street of forgotten men and shout out the warnings and give out a little portion of the gospel in the form of a tract. And yet, many of us are praying for God to send us to Africa and send us to India and send us to China and make a great evangelist out of us and a great pastor. The thing I want to be is a humble soul winner. That's what I want to be. Lord, lead me to some soul today and teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin, cannot find their way. Few there are who seem to care. 
and few there are who pray. How long has it been since you really agonized to God for revival? How long has it been since you really agonized to God in behalf of one individual and called their name? How long has it been since you said, Lord, lead me to some soul today? How long has it been since you put some good gospel tracts in your pocket and as you went to work and on the job, down the street, in the shop, you gave out those tracts in a sweet, humble Christian way and testified with a humble, sweet spirit to the person to whom you gave the tract? Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, hide a multitude of sins. I've said many times on the radio and in my meetings, it's a grand and a glorious privilege to be a Christian. But just so grand and just so glorious the privilege, so great and so grave the responsibility. If I see the wicked man in his wicked way and I fail to warn him, he'll die in his wickedness. And the Bible says he'll go to hell when he dies, but his blood will be required at my hands. Now, the foundation is laid. The message is given. Jesus came that we might have life. And he said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you will be witnesses. That's what Jesus is looking for. Spiritual laborers. God has enough bosses, superintendents, presidents, dictators. Oh, yeah. God Almighty has enough big men. God's looking for some laborers, ditch diggers. Yeah, bricklayers, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. God is looking for men and women who will be wise in the inner man and through the spiritual eye see a soul that Jesus said is worth more than all the world. What shall a man be profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If you could take all the money in all the world and put it in one pile, all the wealth of all the world, pile it up, a great mountain of wealth, and then put one little insignificant sinner right on top of it. That one soul is worth more than all the wealth of all the world. To be a soul winner is greater than being the dictator of the universe. To be a soul winner is greater than being king of a great country or president of a great country or the superintendent of a great organization. To be a soul winner is to be wise. To win souls is to shine as the brightness of the firmament. To convert a sinner and to cause that sinner to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus is to save a soul from death and to hide a multitude of ugly sins. Christian, I'm talking to you. Believer, I'm talking to you. What have you done during the past week to help somebody find Jesus? What are you going to do today to help someone find Jesus? If you're not a soul winner, Fall on your knees by the radio right now and call on God and ask God to break you and then ask God to mold you and make you a soul winner. He will. He's able. And he's the only one that's able. And if you're not saved, remember the wages of sin is death. And I plead with you now, give your heart to Jesus. Call on him. Ask him to save you. And praise God he will. He came to seek and to save that which was lost 
and he is seeking you through this broadcast today. So, dear sinner, give your heart to Jesus right now. Let him save you. Father, save the soul that's nearest hell. Save every soul that's under conviction. Save, O oh Lord God, that dear soul that will never hear another gospel message. Reclaim the backslidden. Now, Father, cause many to become soul winners. May many believers fall on their knees right now and say, Lord, here am I. Send me to pray, to witness, to give out gospel tracts. Lord, I'll do what I can to point men to Jesus. Father, call many into the great service of soul winning right now in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.